Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., or 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. I pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. May God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Okay, Episcopalians, during the sermon, you would like to sit back, relax, not move around any, maybe take a nap, uh, but I need you to indulge me here just a minute. I need a little movement from you. All it's going to take is literally the raising of your hand. I've got a couple questions to ask you. Who in this room identifies with Martha in this story? Who is the one running around making sure that everything is perfect, that the guests are taken care of, that the table is set, that everyone is happy? Let me see some hands. Who identifies with Martha? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about what I thought. Okay, who identifies with Mary in this story? More contemplative, thinking, listening, wandering, sitting at the feet of Jesus' feet. Yes, doesn't mean you're self-righteous or anything like that. It means that you identify with her in this story. And we, this is the third service I've asked this question, we have had a couple of Marys in the room. And that's important. Jesus is the guest of honor in the home of Mary and Martha. We only know bits and pieces about these sisters from this story and from the story of Jesus raising their brother Lazarus in John's gospel. We do know that they were dear friends of Jesus and Jesus tended to kindle that friendship from time to time and drop in on them, perhaps maybe even unannounced. As the story begins, Jesus is the center of attention. Of course, this is not unusual. Most of the homes he dined in the conversation was usually centered around him. It does not say, but we can safely assume he may have been teaching. For it says that Mary was at his feet listening to what he was saying. Perhaps it was Q&A night in the home of Mary and Martha, and he was answering a question that had been asked. Perhaps it may have been Mary herself who came with questions and was listening attentively at his feet, almost spellbound as he answered them. Maybe that is the source of Martha's irritation. Maybe she had questions of her own she would like to ask the guest of honor, but she was too busy in the kitchen. She had no time to linger about and listen to the wisdom of her guest of honor. The meal had to be cooked. The wine poured, the table set, the needs of the many needs of the guests attended to. And she had to make sure there was enough room for everyone at the table. As her sister sat and marveled at the words of Jesus, Martha was busy being a most gracious host. 
Hospitality is a virtue, and we see Martha's example of it. In fact, we see the virtue of hospitality in another reading this day, when Abraham runs out to greet the three men and pleads with them that they will stop, take a rest, and be served by him. We see the similarities in Abraham and Martha as they work tirelessly to serve their guests of honor, who also happen to be their Lord. It is all too easy to identify with Martha. I know I'm right. We all have been there. We all know that situation. We all have served guests in our home, whether it be friends or family. We work to make sure that everything is perfect, from the food served to the flowers on the table. We have swept and dusted, vacuumed and washed, planned the menu, and so on and so forth. Usually, it is the holidays when our inner Martha takes over and just wants everything to be perfect. Then, when all is said and done, when the dinner guests have left or family finally leaves, we are relieved. We realize that our inner Martha did not even allow us to enjoy ourselves and the company we have just hosted. Or we identify with Martha in another way. We may feel indignant because our hard effort leads those who gave less effort to reap the same rewards and benefits. I can't tell you how many times I have heard of people, often in seminary, not wanting to work with certain others because they know they will end up doing all the work themselves. Nobody likes a slacker, especially within a group. So yes, it is easy, very easy, to identify with Martha because we are human, and our humanness immediately calls foul when we see Martha scurrying about while Mary sits idly by at the feet of Jesus. However, we can probably also identify with Mary as well. There are those times when we are immersed in a good book, reading an article, or maybe watching a favorite TV show. We are called to help out with something, or there is something very pressing that we need to finish. Instead of going immediately, we read one more chapter of that book, we read one more page of that article, we say or think, oh, the next commercial, the next commercial I'll do it, when we are watching a show. We don't want to be bothered, and this is probably the way that Mary felt. Just as much as we see our humanness in Martha, we can easily see it in Mary as well. In the action of Martha, in the inaction of Mary, we see our humanity, and we see our divinity. Martha's divinity lies in her service to others, which we are all called to do. Her humanity lies in her inability to correctly focus on the object of her service, her guest of honor, Jesus. Martha's busyness consumes her. Her chores overtake her, and she becomes overwhelmed. She begins turning inward and focusing on herself, and it is then that she is no longer serving anyone, the guests, nor Jesus, but she is focusing on her own needs. It is then that she is serving herself. This is the cause of her lashing out. How often do we become too busy that we turn inward and begin serving ourselves instead of others? 
How often are we far too consumed by our to-do lists that we forget the needs of others around us? Then there is Mary. Her divinity lies in her display of discipleship. She is sitting, listening attentively, spellbound and consumed by the words of her Lord. She is breaking with customs and social norms of her day by sitting at Jesus' feet as if she were his disciple. Her society says that women belong in the kitchen. She should be serving the guests with her sister. Mary does not speak at all in our gospel lesson, but her actions convey that she is right where she needs to be, at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says himself that she has chosen the better. However, I don't think Mary should get off scot-free. I think she misses something. I think she could have gone a little bit further. I think she could have done something a little bit different. She doesn't reach out to Martha. And that bothers me. She doesn't notice her sister technically running about the home. She doesn't recognize her sister's anxiety. Perhaps if she did, she would have reached out to her. She would have asked her if she needed any help. She may have even said, taking her arm gently, Hey Martha, take a break. Come sit here and listen to our friend Jesus for a while. It has been so long since he has dropped in on us. Don't worry. All matter of things are well, and all matter of things shall be well. How often do we read and hear the words of Jesus? How often are we spellbound and captivated by them and contemplate on them, only to be blind to those who need reaching out to the most? How often do we hear and read the words of Jesus, but we take no action? Therein lies Mary's humanness. She chose the better but I think she is also culpable in our gospel lessons. You see, we Episcopalians are members of the Via Media, the middle way. We pride ourselves on it. We say that we are Protestant, yet Catholic. In keeping with that, it is easy and traditional for us to say that we should aim to be somewhere on the spectrum between Mary and Martha. But I do not believe that is so. To create a dichotomy between Mary and Martha, as I have done, and leave it at that, does a disservice to this gospel lesson. You see, our first instinct is to pit the actions of these sisters against one another. Maybe it's a sibling rivalry that still lies in all of us. I don't know. We think that we need to parse out which one we should strive to be like and not be like. We want to point the finger and blame Mary at first. And then when Jesus says that she has chosen the better part, we want to point the finger and blame Martha. The truth of this gospel lesson is that all of us are called to be Mary and Martha, just as they are in our gospel lesson. We are called to serve like Martha in our Christian vocation. For the ones who serve are the greatest in the kingdom of God. And yet... Like Mary, we are called to be still and know that thou art God. To take a break, to be silent and hear the words of God speaking to us. We are to bring nothing less than our authentic selves with all of our baggage and sit at the feet of Jesus where we belong. 
Our society tells us to be busy, does it not? Our society tells us that busier is better. Our society tells us that the busier we are, the more successful we will become. Our society also tells us that we are to focus inward on ourselves, for that is what is most important in this world. Our society tells us that we have no time or room for others, that it's all about me. But we are different. We are called to be different from society. By virtue of our baptism, we are called to follow a new life. We are called to serve others like Martha. We are also called, like Mary, to be still and silent, hearing what God is calling us to do. To be still and silent, hearing who God is calling us to reach out to. To be Christian, to follow Christ, that means that we are called to work hard in the kitchen. But it also means we are called to take a break, to sit, to be still, to be silent. And we sit at the feet of and listen to the words of our guest of honor, Jesus Christ himself, our Lord and Savior. Amen.